So I turn on CNN right now and I turn on CNN, almost the entire city of Port-au-Prince collapsed. 300,000 people died in 30 seconds. She just couldn't look away. She goes, I have to get there. We were there, I remember I came over to pick up Aiden because Aiden was helping her. And there was a Christmas tree up in the office, little pictures of kids on them. And it was obvious that it was an orphanage, right? And so Aiden was just looking at this tree. He's like, who's that? Oh, that's Jean-Paul. You'd like him a lot. Mm -hmm. He goes, we're going to get him Christmas. And she goes, okay, well, here's the ornament. Just his list is on the back. And he looked at it, he's like, we're going to get him Christmas. And like goes, every year. You know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. For the rest of his life. Yeah, for the rest of his life. So then Lori, you know, ran the organization with her husband. She said, you know, he's got a sister. We'll get her Christmas too. Welcome to season one, episode 14, part two of the Good Grief, Good God Show, hosted by Grammy nominee and Emmy award-winning hit songwriter of 15 top 10 songs, including nine number ones, Brad Warren of the Warren Brothers. Join Brad on your favorite audio platform or video on YouTube monthly on the first and third Tuesdays during season one for raw, honest conversation about surviving things that suck. I'm producer Matt Pivato for today's episode Brad welcomes figure skating Olympic gold medalist with over 70 figure skating titles and awards, speaker, best-selling author, and broadcaster, Scott Hamilton. Over the next hour, Scott will talk about his debilitating childhood disease, losing his mother to cancer, the glory of winning an Olympic gold medal, his multiple diagnoses with cancer and three brain tumors, and his life-changing trips to Haiti after the devastating earthquake in 2010 which resulted in the adoption of two of his children. Not many people have the wisdom, grit and grace, ambition and humility that Scott has. You're about to find out Scott is truly a miracle on ice. To learn more about today's guest, Brad and the show, check the description where you'll also find clickable links to connect to the show on social media and to visit goodgriefgoodgodshow.com. Located on the website is the most up-to-date show information and links to the back catalog of episodes plus more. And lastly, if you'd like to help support the show, hit that like and subscribe button, leave a comment or a five-star review. On the behalf of Brad's wife, Michelle, and segment producer and guest booker, Lisa Bolt, thank you for tuning in, and we hope you too will find the good in grief. The Good Grief, Good God Show is brought to you in loving memory of Sage Michael Warren. Yeah. You know, and the, you know, the cancer thing was, you know, I survive and now all of a sudden I'm a poster child for cancer survivorship. You know, I'm going around speaking. And You're in your 13th year of as a professional you've already won gold medals by the time the first cancer yeah well i won everything as an amateur and then i turned pro right, right. and then there was no real path for me so i had to kind of make it up as i went along yeah you started that company right the stars on ice yeah i, I was mean, i was with ice capades for two years i had a third year option and i did the whole two years perfectly like i couldn't have done it better and then the president of ice capades who had become a dear friend um he just said you know we've gone through a sale and it's like, I'm excited. I can't wait to meet the new owner. And he goes, uh, he doesn't want to meet you. <laughs> you're, got, you're done here. And I go, I, I, know, I did everything right. And he goes, he only wants women. He doesn't want men. So I'm out of a job after two years. And then I meet with my manager and it's kind of that, hey, we've been talking internal, internally. Do you want to help us start a tour? And it's like, let me check my calendar. Pretty open right now. <laughs> Pretty open, wide open. So we started Stars on Ice and it still exists. I was going to say, that turned out to be a great move, didn't it? Yeah. I mean... It was, I got to skate however I wanted. We could produce the shows any way we wanted. We, um, we had a, a cast that wanted the same things of just having a quality platform to do your best stuff and get better every year. And my old thing was, 
a lot of people when they get into professional skating, they're just trying to write out whatever they have left. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, no, I want to be an appreciating asset. I want to be worth more next year than I was this year. And I want to grow and I want to build because my heroes weren't skaters. Well, one was, Gordy McKellen was, but because he taught me how to be a show skater. But um, my heroes were kind of rock stars. Mm -hmm. So I look at like, how am I going to do this? Well, Springsteen just showed up every night and just threw it down. Blue collar. It's about doing the work. Yeah. Just show up, throw it down. Always over deliver. Always yeah. give them more than they can handle. Okay, one. Two, how do I do how do I how do I do that? Well, have you ever been to a Neil Diamond concert? Have you ever I haven't. Oh man. The joy that comes off that stage is contagious. You just can't wait to come back. Sleep so I want to do that. You know, I can, yeah. yeah, I want to do that. I want to be like that yeah. guy. Yeah. And then the third is is like, how am I gonna have longevity? Well, there's a guy named Robert Plant that when Led Zeppelin days were over. He got really in, in creative and really super intense about the art and about moving forward and about being different with each and every, you know, everything he did was the next one was different than the last one. And that, I go, I want to do that too. Mm -hmm. So those are my three kind of heroes. And I said, I'm going to work really hard. I'm going to show joy in everything I do. And I'm going to take some outrageous chances. And I'm just going to grow with my audience. And so um, it worked out great. Um, it really worked out great. And so many of those times on the ice, it was like, it was hard work. It, yeah, it really work. It was physically difficult. Everything's hard work. I mean, it, but yeah, 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 physically difficult and hard work. Or, yeah. 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 So you just, but it's, again, it's just that, that joy you get back. And so when I got through with my cancer and I became this poster child, I remember I was just, I was just feeling so cursed because like with every good thing that would happen, something bad would happen. Good thing, bad thing, good thing, bad thing. And I was just sort of going to talk about this whole blessings and curses thing. And then this little girl got up, got up on the, you know, to give her a little talk. And there's all these survivors in the audience. And she gets up and she's high school athlete, lost her leg to cancer. High school. And she said, the worst thing that's ever happened to me is cancer. Everybody nodded their head. And she said, I'm here to tell you the best thing that ever happened to me is cancer. Mm -hmm. And it, it just. And then it, everything flipped. For every curse, there was something wonderful happening on the other side. And then a bad thing would happen, then a good thing, then a bad thing and a good thing. So it wasn't this whole idea of like, oh my goodness, I just came through this really cool period. When's the sky gonna fall? Yeah. It was like, oh, I'm really so glad I had this experience. Okay, um, if something comes, I know there's gonna be something great on the other side. So it's like when my, when my brain tumor came back, um, for you know, the second time I was diagnosed, um, my assistant looked at me and she just started laughing. And I go, what's so funny? And she goes, I can't wait to see where this one takes you. <laughs> you know, and that's it. It's kind of like, you know, I go in for a scan because these things grow back. Yeah. And um, I always say, no matter what the news is today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to accept it joyfully. And so Tracy was doing this interview for this thing. And I never heard of an interview before, so I'm hiding around the corner just listening. And they go, okay, let's talk about this joy stuff. What's this joy thing about him <laughs> joyfully accepting whatever the scan says? And she goes, oh, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Joy isn't the lack of fear and suffering. It's how you go through it. Accepting of it, yeah. It's how you go through it. Yeah. It's like, oh, man. She gets me better than most, yeah. you know? It's... But it's just that. It's like. She gets most better than most. <laughs> yes. And so it's just, um, you know, she's this, 
beautiful, petite, intelligent warrior. Mm-hmm. And she's, you know, she's out there fighting for everyone. And she just wants um, it. You want, she wants the world to be more fair. And she wants for people that have no chance to have a chance. And she, you know, she's just incredible. You know, I'm just so yeah. blessed. Beyond she blessed. reminds me of my wife because they're small, but when they decide something's going to happen, it is like going to happen. <laughs> yeah, duck or bleed. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like this yeah. is just no reason. I mean, I may may try a few random no's, you know, yeah, yeah. That if we're not, you know, but it's if there's something really focused in that, I think. So I'm not sure if I even met you before, but I our common friend Al Andrews. It's ironic because I was in a spot and. In life, and I just I've been sober a long time. But we were dealing with some things, uh, family things, not not like we would later, not not like the death of a child, but it was some, some pretty intense stuff. And I'm like, God, I need something, God. Like I need something right now, different. Like I don't know what it is, but I need something. And I mean, when I was saying this, I'll never forget. I was at the Shelby Park. My son was uh, shooting a baseball scene in a crappy little movie that you're never going to see. Um, and I got a phone call from Al Andrews, and he said. You want to go to Haiti? And I said, yes, I want to go to Haiti. <laughs> was that when you built the, the, the power, little power station yes. on that pole on yes. top of that mountain? Yes. Yeah. So, but I, it was like, he goes, that do, was do, a good group. do you want any details? And I said, no, no I don't want any details. I'm going to do, yeah, okay. So I'm going with Tracy Hamilton and he, I'm like, okay, I, I just said, yes, I'm in. So we went anyway. So I went to Haiti with your wife and it was just amazing. And she basically... It's the Pope of Haiti, uh-huh. the whole, the whole country. She's legit. I mean, there's no ulterior motive. There's no, no. when I was doing Olympic, um, getting ready for the Olympics in 2010. And I, I was in Spokane, Washington for whatever the, they experimented with doing the final two of the finals, men's and pairs on one weekend and then ladies and dance on the next weekend, you know, so they spread it out, you know, so I was stuck I mean, I was blessed to be in Spokane <laughs> for 10 days. And I called home one night just to check in. And she was, she couldn't even talk. She was bawling so bad. And I go, what's, what's, what's wrong? And she goes, haven't you seen, have you, are you, where, are, you're not watching TV? And I go, no, I've just been working nonstop. I'm just watching people in tight clothes do funny things, you know. <laughs> and she said, turn on the TV. And so I, um, I turn on, she goes, turn on CNN right now. And I turn on CNN. And, um. I saw something I never, the entire, almost the entire city of Port-au-Prince collapsed during an earthquake where 300,000 people died in 30 seconds. If that doesn't wreck you, nothing will. And she just couldn't look away. She goes, I have to get there. Hmm. I have to get there. I have to do something. I, I, I can't stand this. My, everything in my spirit says, I have to go. I have to go. I have to go. And it's like, well, tap the brakes. Right now, it's all hands on deck there. And without the proper training, you know, it, it, it might be difficult for you to serve the way you want to. And so we had a friend who was extremely wise, and he just said, here's what I would do. He goes, I'd wait seven months. Wait for the news cycle to change. And then the need will present itself. Wait for the cover dishes to start, stop showing up. In the, in the, yeah, yeah. And so she waited, you know, seven months, and then she just, kept her ear to the ground and she ran across a medical missions group that went down about every other month or every month. And so she just started volunteering at their office. And we were there. I remember I came over to pick up Aiden because Aiden was helping her. And there was a Christmas tree up in the office of this foundation. 
and they were all these ornaments, like paper ornaments that were like shaped like trees, and there were all these little pictures of kids on them. And it was obvious that it was an orphanage, right? And so Aiden was just looking at this tree, and he's like, who's that? Oh, that, that's Jean-Paul. You'd like him a lot. He's just a little older than you, but he's very athletic. He's very smart, and he smiles and laughs all the time. Mm-hmm. And he goes, we're going to get him Christmas. And she goes, okay, well, here's the ornament. Just His list is on the back. And he looked at me like, we're going to get him Christmas. And like every year. You know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For the rest of his life. Yeah, for the rest of his life. So then, then um, Lori, you know, ran the organization with her husband. Um, she said, you know, he's got a sister. We'll get her Christmas too. And so they, they got these ornaments and they went through the list. And Tracy's first trip down to Haiti, you know, she's, you know, wanting to meet these kids that she got Christmas for. And she'd recorded a video from Aiden saying hi to Jean-Paul. And Jean-Paul never left her side. Oh, and wow. then Eveline would be there too. Yeah. And then I, as she kept going down, it became a habit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like she's been to Haiti 28 times. Uh, yeah, I know. That's, yeah, I and think so she's on 20. I was going down for the first time to go with her. And um, I had this vivid dream that Eveline and I were going to have this really sweet relationship. And she said, uh, don't get your hopes up. And I said, why? And she goes, well, she doesn't really engage. Like she'll sit with me for a lot of the parties and things. But the rest of the time, she's kind of off on her own. And she doesn't really engage the groups very much. But she'll sit with me and Jean-Paul. And I go, okay, well, I'm just telling you I had this great dream. And um, it was really vivid. And so I, we take that long drive into Tomazo and a little car sick, a little dusty, a little everything yeah, else. Yeah. And I take one foot out of the van and these two little arms go around my waist. And I look down and it was Eveline. That's crazy. She never left my side. Wow. Not once. And it was like, this is real. Yeah. This is like, this is really beautiful and real. And I have a daughter. Uh-huh. Whether she's mine or not, I have a daughter. And yeah. then we started the process and two and a half years later, they're home. And I just remember we're leaving the airport in Port-au-Prince. Like we'd done a million times before, but never with these children. Yeah. Right? And they had their first drinking fountain experience. It was like, <laughs> And then they, we get to the escalator and they're looking at us like... Talk about things we take for granted. I'm avoiding the drinking yeah, fountain. Like, what do you, you want what to... What are we supposed to do with this? You know? <laughs> it was like, my goodness, you know, they're just... They, they have so much to learn, so far to go. And and um, yeah, it was, it's been a big adventure. It's been hard. Everything. You know, it's been amazing. It's been hard. Um, spent the day yesterday with Jean-Paul. He has car breakdown in Cookville. So I had to drive him over to find a way to get it back. <laughs> so it's all those things. But it's just, it's remarkable to see, even with birth children, they have all your DNA, mm-hmm. but their their path is so much different. And each one of them is are so different. Yeah. That it's almost, I mean, they're, they're alike in enough ways to where you know that they're siblings. Yeah. But they're very different. And- My second son came out with flaming red hair. That one I had to process. <laughs> it was like, I'm Irish, you know, not having an idea of my ethnicity. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think. But it's just, it's it's kind of that adventure, you know. You and Tracy are so positive. Like, I I'm I know there are moments. I know there are moments. I know with cancer there are moments. And there's there's gotta be a little bit of of why me, whatever, but your basic um demeanor with God in your circumstances, just joy. Like I'm going to, sometimes I just think we get what we 
what we ask for or we get what like we're going to okay it doesn't matter what's happening i'm going to live joy cancer or no cancer mom tragedy or no mom tragedy i mean it's hard to do it's 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 uh, i think your mom probably left you that yeah she I mean, was she was so amazing throughout like when she showed up at nationals with that news you know again she arm in a sling Mm-hmm. low left breast for a woman that's got to be I, I can't imagine and then you know our hair was gone but I, I remember when I was diagnosed it was really weird that she came back to me and these memories these like random memories just kicked in of oh this chemotherapy I finally found a way to lose all this weight oh I oh. love this chemotherapy I've wanted to quit smoking all these years <laughs> and, oh this chemotherapy is great my hair has always been so unattractive and difficult these wigs are beautiful and they're so much easier she really said that stuff. Yeah. So she was she was beyond beyond, you know. God, if you could bottle that up yeah. and sell it. Yeah. Or but, give it away. <laughs> but it's like it's it's having that ex- those experiences where you're allowed to kind of step into that a little bit and just sort of say, okay, I want to be that. I want to be like that. And I think that's why, you know, like this podcast is so important for people just trying to get their footing back. You know, they've just they've just experienced something that's so unnatural. Yeah. It's so wrong. Yeah. But to be able to know they're not alone in it. Yeah. And you know, so much of the work I do in cancer is like, you're not you're not alone here. You got you got a fight on your hands. And we don't know if you're gonna be able to win this battle, but we're gonna, you know, you're gonna give you every chance that you can. And through research, you know, people go, Well, research is kind of vague. Yeah. And I go, it it well, two guys in Indiana figured out mine. I'm here 26 years later. So that's <laughs> you know, that's what research does. Yeah. It takes an incurable situation and makes it curable. It makes an untreatable situation and makes it treatable. It takes something impossible and makes it possible. So that's you know, I just I'm like this serial disgusting overwhelming optimist yeah yeah and no but it's like yeah. that it's like i you know you have stuff to compare things to right and that helps but at the same time it's like it there's a choice that and you got to make the choice yeah do i live do i live am i going to live or am i going to just start the downward descent you know well i've heard the quote everybody dies but not everybody lives and i can tell you that i have lived more it doesn't have to do necessarily with experiences and going to Europe and that's great and whatever, but like being in the moment, feeling the moment, being there for someone in a way where you're really just there. There's no ulterior motive. It's something, honestly, I probably didn't experience before losing my son, but man, I can, I can be there for you in your moment. And it's not about me at all. That's a gift. Well, how many artists can say that? I don't know. Because <laughs> you know, it's normally flipped. Yeah, it's, it's like, I, you know, I'm here. You know, you're here for me. Yeah, you're here for me, and I'm going to give you what I got, and you're here to experience me and me. Let me and bless I, you with a song, brother. I mean, yeah, I don't really want to hear the but song. No, the thing is, it's like, and I live that center ice. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm here just welcoming, you know, an audience, this big building and everything else. And it, it, and when, they, when the script gets flipped in a way, mm-hmm. and you got to understand that, we're not in this alone. Yeah. We're in this to, to really be in community and to try to bless people and try to be there in some way, shape or form. And when we fall short, it really, it's wounding. You know, it's not just something we just blow it off. It's like, oh, that was a whiff. Man, yeah. I, I could have done something better there. Yeah. 
this this group of of dads that I that I meet with and uh, in in our home, uh, it's the only time in any of our lives when you're in a room full of people, 15, 18 men, that everyone in the room understands your pain and grief. It's a really odd experience, and so just the collection of men, there's not even formatted. It's just someone that people want to want someone to know how they feel. Me too. Just mm-hmm. a little bit of like, yeah, I get it. I get it. And, and uh, people have to kind of have your experience to get it. I certainly didn't get this until I had it. I'm like, oh, oh, was I? And I had to go back to like friends and say, hey, I wasn't really, I w- wasn't there like I should have been. I'm like, yeah, you were. And I'm like, no, no, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. But I, you don't know until you know. Yeah. And you don't want someone to have to know, but you know these, when you go to, to these kids, I assume that your foundation is, I mean, you when you go sit on these kids, it's the most comfortable, you're probably the most comfortable guy they ever meet because well, you've been through it all. Well, it's like, I don't, I'm totally 100% comfortable in a situation. And when you're comfortable, they're com- everybody's comfortable, yeah. right? So I love doing Seacrest Studio stuff. Have you done one of those? So in, in um, Ryan Seacrest and his family created these like radio studios in, in children's cancer centers where they broadcast out. Um, they have special guests and they do games and they have the oh, kids cool. come down and the kids get to be like, you know, DJs and, you know, contributors and all this other stuff. And so we'll go on to these, um, these Seacrest studio appearances and they're just so much fun. And they, and the kids are so beautiful and there's, you know, some of them are really little, like one, one, um, it was, <laughs> it knocked uh, my executive director, Carrie Morgan down. They asked, oh, so what's your favorite song? And I said, well, it has to be happy birthday. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because when your birthdays are at risk, man, when you hear that song, it's like, woo, another trip around the sun. I mean, Here we go. But it's that. It's like when you, when you get to celebrate those moments and when you get to, you know, kind of, you know, just have the gift of another day, another breath, another experience, another memory. It's just, you know, we can't take those for granted. You had every reason to curl up in a ball, you know, 25 years ago. Um, and it's just like, you're going to, you have just uh, decided that you're going to go after this. I think I'm learning as I watch people like you. I heard your story, uh, Evening of Stories, it was amazing. But then just know, watching you as a person uh, go about your business, it is action. There is, there's a very calm nature. You'll have too much going on because you just are a people pleaser and you're kind and you want to do things for people. <laughs> but it's just with a smile. Even when I'm having a rough day, it's just the ear to ear smile. I'm having a man, I just got cancer treatment. <laughs> and there's something about that that diffuses that. I mean, we get what we ask for. I don't know if that's, I mean, of course it's God. I don't, I don't know any, it's funny because I, I do know some agnostics and I don't know any really happy atheist agnostic. I mean, that doesn't seem to be a good plan to me. What's your foundation? What are you working off of? Yeah. You know, and it goes down to, you know, Matthew, what, 27, 20, Matthew 26, where it talks about building your house on the rock and mm-hmm. not on the sand. On the sand, yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, you know, it's like, I, I had a hard time catching, you know, having my footing here and there and everywhere. I think I'm, I, I'm trying to, you know, if I haven't set the record already, I, I'm pretty much in the running of walking out of neuro ICU three times, just packing my bag, neuro ICU, and just walking out. 
because I'm done. I'll, you know, a lot of times you go from ICU into a regular hospital room, and then it's like, uh, no, I, I, I got other things I got to be doing now. I'm just, it's time for me to go. You sure? Hundred percent. And so it's, it's kind of like, you, you just sort of figure, you know, one foot in front of the other, right? Cliche, yeah. cliche, cliche. But it, it's everything is everything. Every moment is a choice. And everything in its, is in its response. And you know, even talking with JP, my son, Jean-Paul, yesterday, is like, you know, he's had a tough go in many ways, right? And um, we were in the car yesterday talking. And I go, so what's, you know, how are you feeling? And he goes, grateful. Wow. And I, then, you're, then I go, then you're 100% fine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to worry about you nearly as much as I would if you would have said something else. But if we can sit in a, an understanding of all we can do is all we can do. And, and in that, just to choosing um, to live joyfully, productively, and faithfully. There's something about your, your uh, annoying optimism. Yeah, it is. It's not yeah. annoying. It's not annoying at all, actually. I love every second of it, truthfully. But you're however you described it, that you had a list of adjectives, but that, that optimism combined with, and, and you can, you're, you'll self-deprecate this and I don't blame you because I would too, but like, there's a killer in there because when you, uh, 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 Pat Conroy has a, has a great quote in one of his books. The Shaq guy? Uh, no, Pat Conroy wrote uh, oh, The Great Centini. Yeah, 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 yeah. He had yeah, yeah, yeah. a book called My Losing yeah. Season. It's about a basketball team that he was on in college, but he says uh, athletics is mercilessly fair. Mm-hmm. Like there's a killer in you well, because you, so you've combined that killer with the nicest human being on the face of the earth. Well, I'm but, judged. Yeah. <laughs> right. You judge. Yeah. So, don't judge. Yeah, well, that's, don't, that's all I, you do is get I don't want to turn anybody off so they don't give me the mark, but it, you know, it, it's like, I mean, you're competing at that level you're competing at any level for anything. But what I've learned is, and it kind of, it came out of a John Wooden quote that somebody hit me with recently. It's like John Wooden said, my teams never lose. They either win or they learn. And, and it was like, wow, that's it. It's like, yeah. When I wrote my last book, Finish First, it was kind of that, that whole idea of, of like, how do, you, how, do you, how do you minister to people, you know, in this whole process of being the best version of yourself? Yeah. And a lot of it, you know, it gets down to failure and, and criticism. And in that, I figured out, I go, okay, what is it about failure? I've fallen on the ice 41,600 times minimum. <laughs> okay. Well, I got up 41,600 times. So I got that, right? Yeah. I, you have all that failure. But what else is it about failure? What, what is it about failure? And so, for so many, failure is a, a scarring, disfiguring, oppressive, heavy thing to carry around. Mm-hmm. We, we take our failures, we put them in a gigantic bag. And we put them over our shoulders and we lug our way through life. Yeah. What if, just for the thought conversation, what if failure only had one ingredient? Information. Mm-hmm. What if failure was just information? Now, what is it? It's like, oh, I just, you know, I just got fired from my job. What did I learn? Well, maybe it should be on time. Maybe I need to get work done. Oh, I just failed this relationship. What did I learn? Well, maybe it wasn't the right one. Maybe. You know, maybe, you know, these things, what, how can I learn from this and move forward instead of everything just being stuck in the past? And I have all these things that before I had a relationship with Jesus, you know, I was just like, oh, man, 
And I talked to a friend of mine, he's out of Chattanooga. He speaks to high school kids. His name is Dean Sykes. He's brilliant. And he goes, oh, oh, oh no, no, no. We're going this way. Mm-hmm. We're going this way. We're not going back. There is no future in the past. Yeah. We're going this way. We're going this way. We're going to keep going this way. And I just thought it's so liberating. And then on the criticism side, you know, everybody's so critical. Everybody's so divisive. Every, the world's divided. It's a, yeah. you're just this and you're just that. I learned through getting hated on in social media. You know, every time you're on TV, you get hated on pretty good. You know, it's just people say you were hated on probably before social media because (laughs) whatever those judges are watching people do flips on ice skates, they better be really good. Because when you're critiquing someone, I always thought it's kind of funny. (laughs) Like anyone critiquing an NFL player that's not in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, These judges. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. But it's like the whole idea of criticism. It's like, let's break it down. What is criticism? Well, it's, it's somebody saying something to you for their own reasons, whether it's to you know, point out a deficiency or a fault or something, right? Well, what forms do that come in? Only two, opinion and fact. Mm-hmm. If it's somebody's opinion, you have every reason to delete it immediately. It does not exist anymore. It has no value. It has no weight. It has no identity. But if they criticize you and it's based in truth, Thank you. That's information. Thank you. It's a gift. It's a gift. And it's like, so now, like, you know, I used to be very prideful. And if somebody would say something, well, you know, I don't like when you said that or did that. I'd be like, well, no, no, no. You got to understand. Like, and I try to defend myself. And now it's kind of like, thank you. What about when they're mixed? What if it's an opinion? There's enough. There's a little fact wrapped up in it but it's just spun in a negative way because maybe they're insecure or whatever it is. You, you, I mean, what, is there an answer to that one? There, I, don't, I, I think you have to really draw a definitive line. Just, uh, this is one of the it's other. Either, yeah, I had a judge one time and I was really starting to do this. And um, she said to my coach, she said, it's nice to see Scott doing better, but he has to understand he's too short to be competitive internationally. That's right? Opinion. Yeah. And I looked at it and I was like, She's, I'm too short to be competitive internationally? And I thought about it for a second. I go, who was the last American to win an Olympic gold medal? It was David Jenkins, who's my height. She doesn't like short people. Yeah. I have to keep her off my panel. <laughs> my job is She's to heightest. keep her off my panel. She is. She's the heightest. She doesn't like yeah. short people. So yeah. if, she, if that's not her thing, then she has no business being on my panel. Yeah. I'd go to the referee. She doesn't like short people. Okay, we'll switch her out with somebody else. That everybody great. wins, but it's like if if <laughs> if you want to kind of have that one foot in the boat, and one on dry land. I'm saying, well, it is opinion, but is there any, you know, like they're blurring it? Yeah. Then then it you know then you're gonna get stuck. Yeah. Because it's it's either it's gonna bless you or you delete it. That's it. Because that's my issue. I'm, I'm learning. I've learned a few good things today, by the way. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> one, one of the things is I think that the early days of going, okay, I've been around sick people, I'm not uncomfortable with this. I don't care about the tube in my nose. I think that's a, that's a superpower, absolute superpower to. I always claim to not. What choice did I have? What choice did you have? Right, <laughs> right. It's like like the thing is, someone will say, "Man, you're handling your grief so well." I'm like, "What, what choice do I have? I mean, I, it's here. I can curl up in a fetal position, or I can get to the work of of whatever that is." But that's a that's an amazing. Um, I will get those two things intertwine so that the black and white turns gray and I will say, well, that's opinion. And I know it's opinion. And I know that some of it is just, just opinion, but I'll go, is there, is there fact in that? And that's where we get stuck. That's where I would get stuck. Well, and, and, and again, it's just, it's an actionable item. 
So if it is a criticism and if there is something you can do about it, if you want to make it factual, then you'll address it. And if you don't, then just move on. It's, it's really hard, especially in today's society, when there's so many ways of being criticized from people that you'll never meet in your life, yeah. that you yeah. would never say those things to your face anyway. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say that they have no responsibility to ever have to be backed them up. And I look at like, you know, something like as, as crazy as he is, and I, you know, I've spent just a little time with him, Kid Rock. Yeah. Um, when he came out and he said, I'm uncancelable. And it's like, how is that even possible? And he goes, I don't care. And, it's, and, it's, and that's the whole idea of this, this whole cancel culture. It's like, it's, you can only get canceled if you acknowledge being canceled. I thought I didn't care because I wasn't important enough. But it's, <laughs> it works both ways. It's, I, I agree with that, by the way. Yeah. If you just don't care. No, who cares? Yeah. It's like, just, we're all knuckleheads. Yeah, Louis C.K. <laughs> selling out five nights in a row at Madison Square Garden after he got canceled. This yeah. is something we just, yeah. yeah. It's, it's amazing information. It is. That's a great, um, that is, that's a great takeaway for those of you watching. No, Man, separate those two things into black and white. That's opinion. That's fact. Because... Always, the insecure brain wants to to combine a little bit of the the opinion that's going on with what someone said, with a fact. And the truth is, no one really knows. I don't even know what's going on with me. You certainly can't. Well, and and we always allow the world to kind of in, uh, permeate our being, right? And the world's a tough place. You know, I I remember I was um, my son and I went to Israel uh, right right at the beginning of COVID. Like oh, nice. they shut down the country. And two days later, we had the last flight, United flight home. And it was really wild that we went in and, um, and it, it was just, I, I'm looking at this thing going, there's something about this. It's not sitting well. I go, I'll figure it out. So we go in into, we're in Jerusalem and we go into this place where they make, you know, these little custom trinket jewelry things. Mm -hmm. And I got to wear, I don't wear jewelry. And he goes, well, he goes, a lot of men just get a ring. And I go, I, I'll get a ring. I, I want something from this time. And he goes, uh, do you want to put some scripture on it? And I was like, people do that? And they go, yeah, we have to put scripture on everything. And they go, yeah, John um, 16.33. What? <laughs> where, where did that come from? And it's that. It's like Jesus tells his disciples, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you'll have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Mm. Okay, I'm on his team. <laughs> Yeah, I'm on that team. I'm on that. And that's going to be my whole thing is if if I'm going to attach myself to anything, it's going to be Jesus. And it's because of the power in it, the, the strength in it, the um, the the steadfastness of it mm -hmm. and the reliability of it. And, you know, it's like and the truth of it, you know, it's like how many um, how, how many in the history of our world can say they've overcome the world without it being in, you know, in death, destruction and murder. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. no. I want, I want, I, I don't, that's to me, it's like, bring it. It's like, you know, we're going to go through really hard times, Yeah. but it's in the hope. It's in the hope that we can either identify it and move forward, um, find a way to live with it or um, truly allow that moment to um, do your response. And that is to bless others. Like, what is the, what's the choice we have? I, it's, it's amazing to me when I talk about someone who doesn't, doesn't believe at all. I'm like, let's just say, I know that I'm not, but let's just say that I'm wrong. 
let's just say that I'm wrong and we just die and the lights go off or whatever it is that you think happens. Oh, about faith? About faith. Yeah. You know, I'm with someone who just doesn't believe. I said, is, is your life better with not believing? First of all, it seems it's, if it's funny to them that we believe in this thing, I've, I've had said to me, uh, well, you just have to pick your, pick, pick your fairy tale. Okay. Okay. Whatever. I know what happens to me. I know what's there. I know the God that I feel, but let's just say for argument's sake that I'm wrong. What is, what purpose is your, where's your foundation? Yeah. Where's your rock? What is it? Why are you, you're miserable by the way. And, and I'm going to say this, when I talk about success and your success to me is, is in who you are, given your circumstances, all of the things, I mean, you're, you're, you light up every room that you walk into. And that's not, I'm not, it's not BS because we're sitting here. That's fact. That, that is not oh, opinion. That one would be fact. And it's have to be a choice because you could be the guy with the double middle fingers in the air going, man, I, God gave me a lot of tough uh, circumstances. I had to walk along. You just chose not to take it that way. All meant to strengthen me. Yeah. All meant, but it's, it's beyond that. It's like, we, we live in this um, culture of uh, today's truth. Here's what we here's what we believe in today, and that's going to be gone tomorrow afternoon. It's going to be replaced with something else we believe in, and to live in that chaos, I mean, there's no rest for your being. There's no rest for your soul right. because it's like, like it's chaos, and it's it turns into this thing of like, well, this is, you know now we we can't we're no longer allowed to do this, or we're no longer this isn't acceptable anymore. It's like why. Well, because, you know, and there's all these reasons and you can fill in the blanks, you know, however it's this or it's that or it's this. And, you know, if you don't agree with the kind of the, the wave of the minute, then yeah. you're a hater or you're, you know, you're labeled as something. And it's like, no, I, you know, it's like I find no, no fault in personally and um, joyfully believing in a living, loving Lord yeah. that is only here to redeem me. And to pull me out of the darkness. I, if, if that's a bad thing, uh, okay, well, that's, it's the best I got. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I haven't found a better, uh, a better answer for it. And the, the truth is, like, it, that's, I was kind of raised with the, you know, the, the reason that you went along with this gospel thing was so that you didn't go to hell. That was just it. That was just the fear of, and the truth that's is, enough, by the if way. there were no, you know what's funny? It didn't keep my face out of that plate of cocaine, you know? <laughs> All that fear in the world it just didn't, it just didn't, it's funny. I was terrified of hell, but it's still, you know, yeah. still drinking my way through every, you know, every night eventually. Um, that fear of hell not only didn't keep me from the bad behavior, but also I started to realize this, this, the gospel, and now I realize through recovery and many things, but the gospel I feel like is for us here. This, this trying to get to heaven thing, believe me, he wants us there. Oh, no, totally. Like, he wants us there yeah, so he's much. He's done everything he can to get us there. I mean, I think C.S. Lewis said, hell is a door that's locked from the inside, and I believe that. Like, if you really want to lock yourself in somewhere, absence of, absent from God, you could probably do that. It's, I can't but imagine that is why hell. you And absent, that would be hell. That's being separated from God is hell. Exactly. But, but the gospel is for this life, what we're living now, our earth journey or whatever that we're doing is to make that the best that it can be. Because absent of that, I don't care who you are. We've both seen them. You know, you, you, we know people that have all of the things that the world can give us. And by the way, and they're miserable, great, whatever people, a lot of misery in a lot of misery. Lot it's of never misery. enough. It's never enough. There's that hole that, that you can't throw enough dirt in. 
It's just, <laughs> it just it, it just can't mm -hmm. because it's uh, well we're here uh huh now we got to go to here and here and here and here and it's you know it it it's really remarkable to think that you know we're given identities we're given uniqueness we're given um, you know skills talents whatever it is and until we allow ourselves to step into it fully it's just going to be sort of wasted yeah. you know and in that you know it, it's really funny that. You know, I got stuck wearing spandex in front of thousands of people. <laughs> I, I got stuck falling down in front of millions of people. You know, I, it's all these things like I can look at it that way or I can look at it as, you know, the way I've always looked at it. It's like, man, how did I get here? And like, I know I put one foot in front of the other, but I never anticipated that I would get so much out of this life and, and, you know, and it's not just about skating. It's not just about cancer. It's not just about adoption. It's not just about, um, you know, kind of enduring. It's, it's all of that, you know, it's, and, and that's where we, we get our identities. And, you know, I, I, when I wrote Finish First, I was in Pyeongchang for the Olympics. And um, this gentleman I met there who's been my forever friend, you know, uh, he's from Korea. And he just said, you know, young people in Korea are just told to be obedient. Mm. They're just told to be obedient and they don't have any dreams they don't have any desires. They're sort of walking dead. And he goes, can you just give your finish first kind of summary to my staff? Cause I think they could really, you know, step into that and really be great. So I did, I spoke for an hour and this little girl came up to me and I'll never forget. It was one of the most powerful moments I've ever experienced. And she came up and she goes, I don't understand what you mean about purpose. You know, I guess she's 17, 18 year old girl somewhere. And I go, what? She goes, I'm not good at anything. Hmm. And I'm like, really? I go, well, let's break it down. What brings you joy? What do you like to do? And she said, I like to read. And a little smile came across her face. And I said, what were the last two books you read? And she said, Jane Eyre and Withering Heights. And she had a smile on her face. I go, you like the classics? And she goes, I do. And I go, maybe you're an author. And her eyes went like that. And I just said, Thank you, Lord. I, that may have been the first time that girl has ever been given permission to dream. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But it was, it was something I'll never forget as long as I live. To just be in that moment of saying, maybe you're, and to watch just all the synapses start to fire. When she told me not two seconds before that she's not good at anything. How many of our young people live in that right now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, you and sit on a phone and I, debilitating. It's 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 awful. Suicide rates, of deaths of 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 um, you know of despair just through the roof. Crazy, and we have more than we ever thought. If we had seen even the average person in in the the material things that are at our disposal, we would think that man, life must just be great. Not not. It's amazing to me that we forget that God put the Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. It was—I don't think he—he he was capable of technology. He didn't—he yeah. didn't have it there for a reason. <laughs> it was called paradise because there was no technology. No technology, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it, it, that, that's ironic it. that it's the bitten apple that is the logo. For oh, it. I've said it before. And by the way, we held it in our hand and put it up to our ear. Yeah. If I had been raised by a. Uh, fear-mongering, wonderful Baptist mother, I might be afraid of everything about the iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> we actually taught my my wonderful mom into getting an iPhone. It's mm -hmm. kind of cute to see her try to operate it. But 
like on the year, uh, this is a little off the topic, but in the year when 1999 was going to turn into the year 2000, yeah, 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 yeah. my mom was convinced. Like, yeah, we're, the, the we're rapture's happening. We're, we're out of here. Um, it's funny because even then, I kind of, she, she had me scared enough to think she was right a little bit because she was really, and I, you know, we're hammered and drove. So we're playing in Kansas City <laughs> and, and I, I somehow watched it click to midnight without her going to heaven or me going to hell, either one, you know? And I was just like, come on, mom, you're so full of crap sometimes. It's just, yeah. It just felt like, oh man, oh, got sucked on. in again. We I got was kind of glad nothing happened because I was not in the most spiritually uh, <laughs> pure place in the world. I, yeah, um, that, that was probably a good one, but I don't think, I don't think that like God's waiting for us to do wrong and hit him. It's just it's wonderful to have met the God that I now know, it was, it was the same God. It's just, I think he was, you know, when you have someone and they misrepresent a friend, yeah. I think God gets misrepresented oh, all a lot, the time. but by well-meaning awesome people and they introduce you to this person and they give them a little bio that's just not accurate. And, and I'm like, Oh God, I wish somebody else would have introduced us. We'd have been friends way earlier. <laughs> well, and you look at, it, you know, it's like, I heard a friend of mine say this recently, uh, a musician, he said, you know, when, we started um, this band. It was all about legalism. And we were just struggling. We were just about to quit. And then a life event happened. It was Bart Miller. Life event happened where we just stepped into only writing about grace. Hmm. And it changed everything. Because God doesn't want to be looked upon as you know legalistic and no. you're doing judged and this and that. Yeah, we've got to have an account. You know, a, we have yeah. to be accountable. Of course, we all have to be accountable. But at the same time, He's done everything to redeem all of us. Everything. He's and when He was here, He fought with the church leaders the whole time for a reason to let us know, hey, it's okay to say they're not right all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not about that. It's not about that. Was all about punishment. That was all about. The legalism of we have to do things a certain way, otherwise we're done, yeah. right? Yeah. And Jesus came in and said, no, 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 it's, that's not what it's about at all. It's about, it's about loving each other. It's about, you know, it's about flipping the script on the world. Love your enemies. Yeah. You know? Well, and it's, um, How many have you had? Three. Um, they were giving me all these options for treatment. And all I heard, all I felt in my being, all I felt, was get strong. That's all I, that's, it was the only thing. It was like, they were like, blah, 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 blah. And all I heard was, you know, here's a medical, get strong. Just get strong, get strong, get strong, get strong. And I, I just, you know, they go, what do you want to do, uh, surgery or, med or the medical side? And I go, I'm going to go home and get strong. And they go, what does that mean? And I go, I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> I'm just listening to the voice in my head, right? And so in that, it was like, I came home and I was like, am I supposed to get strong physically? Emotionally? intellectually, spiritually. So I kind of did what I did in high school. It was an E, all of the above. No, I'm just going to do Why that not? for a while. I'm going to do that for a while and see how it goes. And it's remarkable that, um, that the tumor started shrinking and grow, shrink, shrink, grow, shrink. grow. And it's just sort of staying in that place where I, I never had to pull the trigger on any kind of treatment. And I was reading the Bible one morning and it's in, you know, Jesus says to love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength, and all your soul. Get strong. Sure. That's the get strong thing. And it's and that's that's where else can we get get our strength? Where else? You're not gonna get it, you know, from um, you know, protein shake, you know, may give you a little minute, you know, 
little energy for a time being, and then yeah. it's digested and gone. Where do we get the power to stand up? Where do we get the strength to endure? Where do we get that, you know, when we're at the bottom of the pit, who's going who's gonna to pull us out? And that's Jesus. And, that, and, and God sacrificed his only son to show you how much he loves us. He's taken on all your junk. Mm-hmm. He's taken off all, he's taken on all your sin, everything, past, present, future. He's taken it all, all of it on him. And see what I do next. I'm bringing him back. Yeah. And, and, uh, it's funny. There are moments too. Like there, that the moment with Jesus at the cross. I mean, there's a moments, but there are moments with you when you, when you, you did the move that you weren't, you know, we're not going to do that in practice. And then, and then the tournament comes and there's these moments that, that come and, and give us the strength. I, I feel like one of my moments was at my son's funeral. I had written something to say, and the priest is a great friend of mine. And, and he said, you know, give me a copy of this because people think they want to speak and they actually don't. I'll say it, but if you want to say it, you 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 let me know. Just Wisdom, give yeah. me the thing. So that's good. So we walked into the funeral. And this is like Catholic funerals, way longer than it needed to be. Um, and it was at the very end that was going to happen. So we walked in and sat down. This picture of Sage looking right at me, and I could see him looking at me. I could feel with all of my being that he was going, if you have something to say, you get your butt up there and say it yourself. Like, I literally felt that. I may have even told this story on here before. And I looked at the priest, like, within 30 seconds, and when I sat down, I went, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this speech, <clears throat> not you. And that was a moment for me, because it, it, I believe that changed there was an obedience in that moment. It's a little thing. So I went up and read it. It's the same words. The priest probably would have read it better. Um, but I, there was an obedience in that. It was uncomfortable. You don't want to do it. And I knew that I absolutely had to. I could feel my son looking at me, telling me to go up there and do it. And I believe that changed the tra- trajectory of the rest of my life because I'm like, okay, so if I will launch into the uncomfortable, I can get something well, that was so much better than I would have gotten sitting in the comfort. Stepping into a moment that there's no way in the world you could ever be prepared for anything like that. Right. But to step into it because you had the overwhelming, overwhelming thing in your, it was a shared moment with you and Sage, right? Yeah. But it's that whole thing. If I don't step into this now, what else am I not going to step into? Exactly. And if I will step into this, what can, what can God do? What, what's, what's out there that I can't even imagine. And I, I will say I've had human connections through God, since this has happened, that I didn't even think were possible, much less did I think I was capable of having them. Um, and an honesty that comes from somewhere that's just crazy. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. You're amazing. Uh, I, I, um, I want to ask you a question, a two-part question that I ask everyone at the end of these things. Um, and it's, uh, what is the worst thing that ever happened to you? And what is the best thing that came out of that? The worst thing that ever happened to me was the death of my mom. And what came out of it was um, I got to carry her with me. And it changed the trajectory of my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've had a lot of really cool things happen. You know, I wouldn't be sitting here if I didn't, you know. But at the same time, it's like, you know, there's other stuff too. You know, again, a pendulum swings both ways. Yeah. Roller coaster, it can't come down unless it goes up, right? You know, <laughs> it can't go up unless it comes down. So, it, you know, it's just living in that tension of, you know, just being okay mm-hmm. in the good moments and in the bad moments of just allowing 
all of it to do its work. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the best we can do. We're human beings. What do you do when it's, I mean, you, you have a lot, you have a lot just as a regular healthy guy that wasn't dealing with the occasional brain tumor and whatever. There's a lot going on. What, what, what's your, I mean, it's, there's a day, there's gotta be a day like, man, I can't take this. I, you know, we all get low. Yeah. We all get low. Yeah. And it's just, um, you know, there, there's been a couple of times where I've gotten you know, really low mm-hmm. and, um, something happens where I'll just sort of go, is that all you got? <laughs> yeah. you know? I dare you. Yeah. you know, is that all you got? Yeah. Is that really? Because yeah. this is, this is kind of, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, poking the, the, you poking know, the bear. I'm not poking Satan in the nose or anything, but it's like, really? Because this is the best you got. Mm, it's not going to work. It's just not going to work. And, you know, I, in the best of times, it's been, it's all in the response, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I remember seeing a quote right after, I think, the Olympics where um, they're all wondering why Eric Hyden didn't cash out and just, you know, bank everything, all his success and just do one every commercial. He did one, one ad and that was to pay for his medical education. That was it. He didn't cash in. Wow. And, and, and to that, there was a quote that basically said, it's not the events in your life that define you or your character. It's how you respond to them. Hmm. And in that, you know, he said, no, I'm not, I'm not going to lose myself in this. I'm, I'm the dog. I'm not going to let the tail wag the dog. I'm the dog. I'm, I'm going to live my life the way I can and want to live my life. And it's not responding to everything else around us that say we have to check all these boxes in order to be suitable, you know, because that's what other people would do. Yeah. Or that's what society or culture tells me I have to do. It's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to do me. That is so much confidence. I would be putting away my, my rubies for this <laughs> rainy day. What a, what a great amount of confidence for no, him to be able to do reality. that. it's reality. It's amazing. It's, 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 what else is there? You know? I mean, it's all we can do is all we can do. Yeah. But if it comes down to like, you know, if you can, if you can, especially in those moments where you're really low and you really feel like you're being, you know, kicked to the gutter, it's like, is that all you got? <laughs> I like to say, bring it on. Yeah. Some every now and then it's like, I feel like every now and then I get, have a little conversation with the devil as the day's going badly. I'm like, bring it on, man. You gave it to be the worst. You did the worst thing oh, yeah. I can think of. I can't. Still I, here. You could take my arms and legs. It wouldn't be as bad as what you did. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. it just kind of diffuses it because I, I, I'm a little afraid of poking the bear and what the devil goes, but also it's like, you know, we know the ending of it and he doesn't win. So it's just this annoying little prick that won't leave us alone it's, all the it's time. Just, it's just noise. You know? yeah. yeah. It's just, well, this you noise. know, it's funny. It's um on the other, the whole other side of that. It's like this, this older gentleman, his friend of mine, um, you know, he's really wise, really, you know, he goes, Are you ever going to skate again? This is after I retired. And I go, Sam, I never say never. And he goes, well, if you do skate again, are you going to do all those like jumps and stuff? I go, Sam, I never say never. And he goes, well, if you do skate again, are you can do that flip thing where you go upside down. Never. <laughs> and I go, um, I don't know, Sam, I never, I never say never. And he said, let me tell you something, Sonny. Don't tug on God's beard. <laughs> and I was like, that, that's wisdom. <laughs> it's like, don't put yourself in really weird situations no we're now you're testing him yeah, yeah. don't do that because it it doesn't go well yeah when, and yeah. it's just you know it just 
again, it's just, we're all in this together. And how do we, how do we link arms? You know, that same gentleman, I think it was a, a quote he lifted. He said, you know, God created us all angels, but only with one wing. Hmm. The only way we can fly is to embrace each other. Wow. And that's the stuff, you know. And I'll tell you, but from from being a, a recovering alcoholic to being a father who lost a child, or whatever, the answer is in the community of people that have suffered from what you have. That is, I mean, the answer is God. That's a that's a big that's a big one. God's a big three letter word, but the practical application of that God as the answer is the linking arms with people that suffer from the same thing, and it's magic. It dissipates. It doesn't take the situation away, but it dissipates the pain to a very manageable place. Yeah. You're never alone. You're not alone. And that's how he he shows us that we're not alone through each other. You know, it's, it's one of those people. I'm not a people person. I'm like, that sucks for you because you need, we need to be people persons. (laughs) Well, and again, you know, it's, it's my coach would always say, you know, the human is a social animal and cannot survive without other humans. And, you know, it's, he had so many quotes. He also said, um, silence is the absence of sound. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I can Where they go out in the wilderness in the Vancouver Islands and just, have you seen that show? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a TV show and they send with a bag with like eight things in it, someone to go off in the Vancouver Islands with bears and whatever and live. And whoever can stay the longest, you drop them off at remote places and whoever can stay the longest without calling the emergency phone in, they win like a half a million dollars or something. And I mean, they're starving. They're they're afraid of the bears. They, they lose fifty pounds in a month. The most common reason for them to tap out and come in is loneliness. Loneliness, yeah. And these are people that do this for fun. Like I don't, none of that sounds fun to me. But they do it for fun, and I'm like, man, that shows us how these people that are self-professed loners that go out in the woods to stay by themselves wind up tapping out of this half a million dollars that theoretically they really need. Um, because they're lonely, not because they're starving or can't can't make it. And I'm like, that, if that isn't a lesson on how we need each other. Um, that was off topic. <laughs> you're amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, I love your willingness to just do this. You didn't ask me any oh, questions. You're yeah. you're you're literally a household name. And uh, and uh, I I just if I, I wish everyone could know you well, the way that I do. You're an amazing guy, and it's not just because you're uh, you're good at skating, but your 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 wins as a human being outweigh that by by uh, leaps and bounds so love to your family you inspire me you inspire thank me you. appreciate Thanks for you doing this this is really i'm honored to be a part of it thank you man i appreciate you uh, give me a hug I am oh yeah you're tied down <laughs> not for long oh man that was so fun you should do this for a living scott <laughs> there you go there you go You've done this before, haven't you? A couple times. <laughs> <laughs>